Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful. Kindle within us the fire of your love, and may my words and our hearts together glorify you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I don't know about you, but this hymn of praise is a nice reprieve from the songs of lament we've been hearing. We've been singing songs of lament for more than two years, haven't we? And now they continue into another week as we watch with horror the events in Ukraine. Even so, even so, in the midst of our songs of lament, there is room for praise. When I was growing up in El Campo, Texas, I don't know about y'all, but we spent a lot more time outside. <clears throat> Maybe it's because for a long time we didn't have air conditioning, so it was just cooler to go outside. And, and even in the summer nights, we would go outside uh, with, our, with my parents, and we would look at the stars, you know? And, you know, El Campo was a rural community, and so we didn't have a lot of the light distractions that urban places like Dallas have. We weren't great astronomers at all, you know? We could find the Big and Little Dippers and the North Star, and we could figure out, if we went out early, that Venus was on the rise, and, and the moon, the ever-shifting moon, was always out there, <coughs> or maybe wasn't, depending on what phase. My mother loved to tell the story. I, she told it all the time, even into my adulthood, about how one evening we were out and counting the stars, and a cloud crossed the moon. And I announced, oh, look, the moon, it's broken. <laughs> I'm not worried. My daddy can fix it. He can fix anything. <laughs> I think that's exactly how I felt about my daddy, even to the end of his days, that he could pretty much fix anything. So when was the last time? When was the last time you stood in your backyard and gazed at the moon and the stars and at Venus or any of the other planets? Uh, how, when's the last time you stood out there watching for falling stars? Or even thought about that? People who study the human psyche tell us that to observe nature, the moon and the stars, <coughs> or any aspect of the natural world, plants and animals, causes our spirits to rise within us. Our hearts and minds to slow down and a certain peace to overtake us. And I think to gaze at the cosmos is to learn and realize two important things. One is the majesty of it all. The majesty of creation and the creator who 
imagined all this and spoke it into being. This remarkable creation that, that we're a part of. And secondly, is to discover the wonder of our lives and our place in the midst of creation. I mean, I remember when we went to Slumber Falls and they had just put in the, the uh, telescope. And we were, this is our church camp in, in New Braunfels on the Guadalupe River, which is in and of itself a beauty, beautiful thing. But we went and the director of the camp talked to us about the telescope and we all looked into the telescope and you could see Saturn. And moreover, you could count the rings. And, and the, the realization that, oh my gosh, and here I am, standing on a blue dot in the middle of everything and in New Braunfels, Texas, <laughs> you know? It was just a, an amazing moment. And it seems that this is exactly what the psalmist has discovered and pours out in praise and wonder in this ancient hymn. This is actually the first hymn, the actual hymn in the Psalter. The, the psalms that precede it, the first seven psalms, are more prayers. Uh, but this one clearly has the structure of a hymn because, you know, it begins with, Oh God, our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And it ends with that same phrase. And so we get this uh, inclusion. It begins and ends with the same, but in the middle we get all of this, all of this majesty. James Lindbergh, a professor of Old Testament emeritus at Luther Seminary, Luther Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota, has described Psalm 8 as a psalm for stargazers. But it's also a psalm for soul gazers. The psalm paints a picture of someone like you and me, a soul searcher standing alone at night, staring up at the vast expanse of the universe. And the psalmist speaks for us the haunting question of our lives, the haunting question of our existence. What are human beings that you are mindful of us? What are mortals that you care for us? Well, which is not the exact question that the psalmist is raising. The question is more intimate than that. Who am I? Who am I that I could matter to you in the midst of all of this? Who am I? as the popular Christian song asks, who am I that the God of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt? Who am I that the bright and morning star would choose to light the way for my ever-wandering heart? Now, before we move to the answer to those questions, let's consider the most confounding part of the psalm. Shall we, in this song of praise, with all its beautiful language, um, we get um, <coughs> an interesting thing happening. 
in verse 2. And more than a few attempts have been made to make sense, have been an effort to make sense of that verse. Let me remind you what it says. From the mouths of nursing babies, you have laid a strong foundation because of your foes. It's like the psalmist hiccuped or something and got this verse, and, and it comes right after that glorious phrase of praise to God. Well, a lot of people, a lot of scholars at least, believe that it is a poetic reference to the idea that the ancient Israelites that in the ver- believed that in the very act of creating, God was overcome by the God was overcoming the powers of chaos, stated here as the enemy or the foes. So the, the, the whole idea, which is also found throughout the First Testament, is that in creating God is, you know, uh, what do we hear in Genesis? That the, the Spirit of God hovered over the water and, and brought meaning out of chaos, right? And so that this is what is happening. God is in this psalm, being, we are being reminded that God pushed back against the chaos. The answer to the psalmist's wondering comes at the beginning and the end of the psalm. Oh God, our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Or again, as the popular song responds, who am I? Well, not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. And we find the answer to what God has done in the gospel scripture assigned for today, right? That was referenced in our first reading. You know the parables, the lost sheep. My mother could never understand why that shepherd would go off and seek after that lost sheep. (laughs) That one lost sheep and leave the whole rest of the herd to be eaten by the wolves. That's what she used to say. And... um, the lost coin and the lost son. These three parables, we know them. In each of the cases, the, the first lesson reminds us that the, the parties throw a party. And Jesus tells the parables because Jesus knows the truth about our God, whose name is majestic in all the earth, that each one, each one, is a cause for celebration. Each one, everyone, is a cause for celebration. And whenever any single one of us goes missing, for any reason at all, God seeks diligently until that one is restored and brought home again. The challenge for us today in a world where we watch with horror as innocent people are caught up in a sea of fire, a war that has turned our attention away from other important things like the still-raging pandemic, the rampant violence in our neighborhoods, the rising hate we have for each other, the political fiasco in which we find ourselves, where lying has become acceptable, and the rising climate crisis that will impact the poor and the marginalized more than it will impact any of us, our challenge is to continue singing God's song of praise, to continue to sing the praise of God, to sing the promise of God to a life of hope. And that God does notice when a sparrow falls. 
And we, what and who we are we to care for? Echoing the beginning of our ancient scriptures in Genesis, Psalm 8 recognizes our dominion over all the earth and all that is within it. And it has been so distorted over time that we as humans are somehow above all of creation when we're all siblings of creation. All human beings, all of the created order, all of the majesty of God, that we're all siblings. This idea that we are to have dominion over all creation in this psalm reminds us of our own humility, too. We are each still awestruck people looking at creation and that we bear the image of God but we are not God. Our humility and our fallibility must be kept in mind as we exercise our responsibilities. We are also reminded that while God has granted us dominion over creation, which really means care of creation, we do not stand apart from it. We do not stand apart from our fellow human beings. All creatures, including human beings, live in an interdependence with one another. In fact, we are all interconnected to all creation and related to it all. Yesterday at our North Texas Association meeting, our pastor, Reverend Larry Gibson, who is in a youth minister at First Methodist in Rowlett, but he belongs to us too. I mean, he's a UCC pastor, so we, we really claim him. But he gave a presentation. He was a Peace Corps volunteer in Ukraine several years ago and was there for quite a bit of time. And he talked to us about this beautiful people and he showed us pictures and he talked about Ukraine's history both ancient and modern and he told us about people he knows and he he had quotes from people who are living there now and a video of a young man who woke up talked about waking up every morning and hearing the bombs going off and and borscht he talked about borscht <laughs> and how to pronounce the city of Kiev correctly, the Ukrainian pronunciation is Kiev. And so it was an amazing time and we learned so much. And then at the end he said, I just, I'm gonna ask you for three things today. The first is to pray for the people of Ukraine. The people of Ukraine truly believe that prayer can change things. And so they also want you to pray for the heart of Putin to be changed. And even if that's a hard prayer for you, they want you to pray for that, and they want you to pray for the Russian people who are suffering too. The second thing he asked us to do was to use our social media, but to use it and to really be aware of what we're saying, that we don't say the Ukraine, because when we say the Ukraine, it makes it more of a region. But if we say Ukraine, it makes it a country and that we watch what we say, that we don't call um, the Russian forces peacekeeping because they're not. Or that we, you know, that we're just aware of how we're using our social media. And the last thing he asked was for us to give. And he said, give to Red Cross, give to, you know, there, there are organizations within Ukraine, um, but find a place to give something. 
And in that moment, I feel like that all of us on that call knew that we were related to those people. We were related to all of them. We were related to the Ukrainians and to the Russians. Like gazing at the star, the stars, the power of Larry's presentation reminded us of our interconnectedness. And when we gaze at the heavens, when we hear the stories of resilience, we are reminded of what the psalmist clearly knew and that Jesus knew, that God cares for us. And we are to care for each other and for all of creation. Now, physicists now tell us, oh, this is just <laughs> mind-blowing. <laughs> so physicists now tell us that we were literally created by the explosion of stars. And that, and I thought about this on the way here. I thought, you know, at Ash Wednesday we say, dust you are, have come from and to dust you will return, right? And that includes not just earth dust, but stardust, because that is what we're really made of. The chemical compounds are found in our bodies that are also found in the stars. And the air we breathe, it was breathed by all the people who have come before us. It's just recycled air. <laughs> We're breathing the air that Jesus breathed. We're breathing the air that people who started this democracy breathed. We're, we're breathing the air that we're all related and connected. Amen. And this makes us relate to all humanity and all creation and all who have come before us and all who are here now and all who will come after us. All life is sacred. And all life is an affirmation of our creator. And even when we're gone, in the trailing clouds of glory, we will return to our creator only to find that we never really left. We'll walk and leave our trail in the stardust of the sky. And even in our hardest days, I hope that you can remember that we are all becoming stardust. The psalmist sings it. Jesus lived and proclaimed it. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>